0: You're listening to a Bible lesson taught in the youth group at Trinity Baptist Church. We hope this Bible lesson will help and encourage you as you seek to live for the Lord. Second Peter 1: 1, 1 through 11, doing over one, going over my, one of my favorite passages so far. I know I say it like 300 million times every time I study something, but right now, this is my favorite study that I'm doing in 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11. So, we're going to add godliness to patience. What's our key word for patience? What's our key word for patience? Not temperance, but what is it? What's the key word for patience? Patient. What'd you say? Endure. Thank you, Taylor. Yes. Patient endurance. Yes. So our key word for patient is endurance. Who was our example of patient endurance? You have heard of the patience of? Job. Job. What did you say? Oh, no. The, good, good call. I just threw the... <laughs> yes. I did, I did have you guys read through Joseph. But yes, Job was our key example. Uh, but Job, yes, Joseph also was a good one. So glad you answered that. So, all right. Virtue is what? Excellent. Yes. Our purpose. So what do we... After we add to virtue, what do we add next? No. No. Knowledge. We had a virtue of knowledge. Where do I get knowledge from? The Bible. The Word of God all right so after we we got virtue we got knowledge what's next temperance, temperance. temperance. what's temperance self-control. self-control so we've got temperance self-control comes after temperance patience patience good call When to look at the bible that's exactly what you need to do that's what i'm trying to teach you for life when you don't know you look to the bible for the answer <laughs> all right <laughs> temperance and then patience we talked about patience and endurance today we're going to be talking about godliness and i'm going to have to split godliness up into two 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 lessons i wanted to do it all today and i'm glad I didn't seem that I don't get up here to a 45. Anyway, so I'm glad we didn't. But today we're just going to look at two aspects of godliness and next week I'm going to wrap it up. I know some of you guys have district games next week so we'll have to worry about that next week. But we're still going to shoot for two lessons in godliness. So, if you have your Bible, second Peter, 1, 3 through 6. Let's read it. Let's read it together just what's on your handout, 3 through 6. And then you can stop when your handout stops. It's for those of you who haven't memorized it already. Don't even worry about that. We'll just stop when the handout stops. All right. Let's read together. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 6. According as his divine power hath given us, us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, to the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these things ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and besides this, giving all diligence add to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. Alright, so let me ask you this real quick as we move forward in this. If I were to ask you a biblical example of godliness, other than the two people mentioned on the other side of your handout, what would you, who, who would you give me a biblical example of godliness? Oh, I said if you look to those people, that's fine, because you would probably get it wrong because I haven't t- taught it yet. Biblical example of godliness. Somebody give me a biblical example of godliness. Noah. David. David. Why would you say he's a biblical example of godliness? It's a good answer, so why? He, the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. That, that, that's a pretty good sign. Exactly. He's a man after God's own heart. He said he has a young man. Jay. Daniel. Daniel. Yes. Why? Because he didn't ever get caught doing anything bad ever. <laughs> the reason he's godly is because he never got caught. <laughs> I think that's going to go against what we're... <laughs> what would you say? Never caught you. Oh, God never caught. Right. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Noah. Yes. Noah. Good. Did you look on the other side of the page? Paper. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> nice. Well, good. Noah, I'm glad somebody looked on the other side of the paper after I said not to. No, it's good. Go ahead. What would you say? Abraham. Abraham. Good job. Did you say lot? Yes. Because I say I'm glad you backed up on lot. Because I'm saying yes. <laughs> that is the <not laughs> Abraham. Yes. Why Abraham? because oh, listened to God and a great teacher. That's a good one. Ruth. Ruth, yes, Thanks for bringing a lady to the party. What is, what is uh that sounded bad. <laughs> why why is why is Ruth there? did <laughs> everything she stood up for what was right and she didn't, like, let, she knew something bad was going on and she didn't, like, let it just happen. She did something about it and, like, it I think you're good. Right there with Ruth. Josh. Uh, then Kirkland. Don't and then we'll... Because, um... After cause he's named after you. No, I'm just <laughs> Go ahead. After <laughs> he died, the reason, the was in a leader, so Dr. stepped up for your leader Sure, sure, on the way. Exactly. Kirkland. you were by wife, Yes, 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 Joseph, Cam finishes up. Jesus. <laughs> the ultimate example of godliness. God's own son Jesus. So good job, good job. I'm gonna go to K May, and you know I said Cam was gonna finish this up. Yeah, uh, good job. She brings three. She says, Hey, three. I gotta just show you guys up. Y'all give me one. <laughs> Alyssa. Um am sure if you start up for her people, even though she's going to go for it. Yes, another lady. Mary. Mary. Why Mary? Good call. That's a good call. got yes. okay. a favorite. Good job. Yeah, she found favor with God. That's a great answer. And she's one that doesn't usually come to the top of our list. So as we look at godliness today, I'm going to, I want to today, tonight, just look at a definition. So flip over your handout, the definition of godliness. Now I'm going to tell you that I, I mean, this definition may look simple, but I have spent, no lie, close to an hour today carving this definition to make it look like what godliness looks like. So here's godliness. God is living in obedience to God's word from a principle of love to him and reverence of his character and precepts. So, I hate using definitions that have big words in the definition, but living in obedience to God's words from a principle of love to him and reverence of his character and precepts. So, I got four. i have to Hold up three. I got four. I'm glad none you saw that. As I, look, I have four things here that are keys in this definition. So, number one, obedience. Obedience is performance of what is required by authority. So, these are four elements of godliness. Number one, obedience. If you are going to put yourself in the godly category, which I hope, and what you pursue to do, sometimes I think that we think godliness is some like way up here and we'll never attain to godliness. God expects you to attain to godliness. He does. So if we put it out there as something way out there, that oh, well will never attain godliness. God expects you to. God. This is what God's asking you to put it in. So it comes in obedience. I talked to, um. I preached in RU the other night, and we were talking about the guy who was sitting by the well. In John chapter 5 there, I believe it is. And he's sitting by the well, and he talks to how Jesus, Jesus said, would you be made whole? And of course, he's sitting there, he's had a disease for 38 years that makes it so he cannot walk. And so, if you've been sitting there for 38 years, and somebody says, would you be made whole when you're sitting in by a a body of water just trying to wait for it to stir, the angel comes come stir so you can crawl in there, so you get healed? The answer would be, of course I want to be made whole. But he doesn't answer that. He says, I have nobody to help me. I can't do this. I can't get into the water. Every time I try, somebody else tries to get in front of me. And Jesus tells this man, he says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. Now, if you had not walked in 38 years and somebody said, rise, take up the bed and walk, I'm sure most of us would look at you and say, if I could do that, I wouldn't be right here. But the Bible says with the man rose, took up his bed, and walked. It was simple obedience. <laughs> it was just him doing what God had. When he obeyed, that was a step of faith to say, hey, I haven't walked in 38 years, but I'm going to rise up when Jesus told me, rise up, take up my bed, and start walking. And he did because it was simple obedience. Part of godliness, one of the keys is obedience. Whatever God says to me, do it. All right? So, the second key principle. I live in obedience. So I do what God told me. To God's word from a principle. The principle is a foundation. The foundation that supports an assertion. So a foundation of love to him. So I obey God because... My foundation for my obedience is love. John says this, here in his love, not that we love God, but that why? He loved us and gave himself for us, all right? So I obey God. This is key because this is where the world's going to tell you differently. And if you're not paying attention, you can listen to a lot of people who call Christianity legalistic. I obey God because of his love for me, Okay? So this is what Godliness comes from. It does not come from me obeying God because God has all these rules that are going to make my life better. No, it's because he loves me. The reason I obey God, because Romans 5, 8, the guy committed his love toward me, Aaron Burden, that while I was a yes sinner, I was against God. I hated everything God was about, but I was only seven years old. I was still going exactly against God. You know what? I still go against God. Thank you, Stack Machine. And I still go against God. It was saying amen. I still go against God. And even though I still go against God, he loved me enough that he sent Jesus Christ to die for me. Every time I knowingly disobey God's word on purpose, I, I do something I know to be wrong. I obey God because he loves me. And this is grace. This is key in Godliness. It is not because I have to. It is not because oh, God puts these rules out, and for me to be a good Christian, to be godly, I have no. It is obedience founded in his love. Let me go on. In his love to him and reverence. Fear mingled with respect or esteem. Here's where we get messed up. And I believe we all be right here. We yeah, I obey God because He loves me. But to love Him in reverence of his character and his precepts. We'll get to precepts in just a minute. Reverence is fear mingled with respect or esteem. This is where we mess up in godliness. We do not have a reverence for God. To be honest, we don't. Now I can tell we don't have a reverence for God because when God's word is being preached, you can look in the auditorium. I don't know why, but everybody believes it's My knowledge to you know every time you guys do something in the service. Praise the Lord for it, I guess. But someone comes up to me and says, Pastor Bird, can you believe those teenagers? They're over there. And they're not looking up scriptures, Pastor Bird. I know you said you could use an iPad, but they're not looking up scripture, Pastor Bird. And you know what? A lot of times, they're right. And you know what I say? We have no reverence for God. His word's being open. someone's trying to challenge us to help us we're doing other things. Do you know how I know we don't have reverence for God? This book, we can toss and let it land wherever it lands. See, godliness comes with, I obey God because he loves me, but I have a reverence. And it's not a reverence that I'm afraid that God's going to strike me down. Can I tell you that right now, even while I'm saying this, you could pull out your phone and text message your best friend or whatever. And there's no, I don't think, <laughs> I said this right now, I don't think lightning's going to come down from heaven and zap you. And we're all going to look at it and like, whoa, i will never pull out my phone. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. But you want me to tell you, you should reverence God. I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, or maybe, maybe if you're an athlete. I, my dad doesn't, my dad didn't care for basketball. He was a track, student. he was a track, he ran a track. So he came to my basketball games. <laughs> But my dad didn't know a lot about basketball. But I remember after a game, when I would play well, I thought I played well, hit a three or two. And I'd come back and tell my dad. And my dad, he wouldn't know the basketball term for it. But he'd, he'd hit me and say, hey, that was good. And he'd tell me what I did. And you know what? Sometimes he'd tell me what I did. And you know what? Sometimes I would go out and do a dumb play. Dumb play. Shouldn't have done that. And my dad doesn't know basketball terms. And you know what? I would do a dumb play. And I'd look over to the bench at my dad. He doesn't even know about basketball. He probably doesn't even know I did anything wrong. But I, look over, I'm not, I'm, I looked at him out of reverence and fear because I respect my dad. And I, when he talk, when he tells me about the game, he tells me what I did wrong and what I did. Hey, minute again, I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when he tells me something, I have a fear. I didn't have a fear of my dad like coming off the bench because I did a dumb play and punching me in the face. <laughs> what did you do that for? I didn't have a fear that when I got in the van to go home, my dad was going to yell at me. I just had a reverence because... I really care for what my dad says. I really care what my dad thinks. And so when I make that I made that dumb play, I look over the bench, and my dad's just sitting there looking at me. It's a fear, not a fear of like, wow, this is gonna happen. I don't know, maybe some of you guys as I can only imagine. Me and Kelsey were talking earlier because she got out of school. Kelsey and of course the Toman family, being the music pastor, are musicians. Now, I can see Kelsey playing, or even Kirkland, playing a piano that I wouldn't even know if they made a mistake. (laughs) But they play playing, and in their mind, they know they make a mistake. And who would pop in their mind? Their mom or dad, or maybe Mrs. Jex, their piano teacher? And they would think, you know, they're probably not thinking that when they made that mistake, Pastor Tomo was going to just jump up and just take them out on the take them all, off of the piano because why in the world would you mess up the Toman name by making a mistake like that but you know what they have a reverence because they love their dad and they know their dad is good at these things or their miss their piano teacher is good at these things the same thing happens in our lives you see when i'm talking about a reverence for god i am not talking we are living the grace. I praise the Lord for that. Because what happened to Ananias and Sapphira when Ananias and Sapphira lied to God and God killed them right there in the middle of the church and one guy takes them out and then the next Sapphira dies and they carry him out again. I praise the Lord that doesn't happen. Because Aaron Burden would probably have died a long time ago. I do. But I say you need to fear God. Obey him in love with a reverence. See, God has done so much for me. He loved me enough. That Jesus Christ in Hebrews chapter 12 said he endured the cross. That patience we talked about last week. He endured. He went through that. He let vile, wicked men spit in his face. He let them slap him and say, Jesus, you're God. Who, who, tell us who hit you. And you know what? I don't want to disappoint that. I don't. Right now, I'm 30 years old. I call my mom not as much as I should. And every time I call my mom, Sometimes my mom says, Aaron, I'm proud of you, proud of what you're doing. And I think, Mom, if you only knew the half, you wouldn't be proud of me. <laughs> and you'd say, No. But she says that. And you know what? Right now, as a 30 year old man, I am not afraid of my mom saying, Wait till I get to Michigan. Wait till I get to Michigan and hear what's going on there. I- I'm going to come and fix that. And I'm not afraid of my, now, probably 15 years ago, I would have been afraid of my mom just throwing me over a leg, just taking whatever she could grab and wearing me out. But I'm not worried about that as a third year old. But you know what I am worried about right now? And even through college? I really don't want to disappoint my mom. My mom's put a lot into me to get me where I'm at. There's a lot of sacrifices my mom's made, a lot of prayers my mom has to me. And you know what? I fear my mom. I have a reverence for her. It's not that, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> it's not, it's not that, uh, and it's not that she's so, it's not that I'm afraid that she's going to crush me or like she's going to come. No, I'm afraid because I don't want to see my mom disappointed by Aaron Burton's life. There are times that I make dumb decisions and I think, man, I'd hate No, know my mom, Aaron, you shouldn't have done that. So same thing happens in God. See, I'm not afraid of God because god right now is going to rain fire on down on me because i did something wrong god is going to judge me i do have to deal with consequences of my sin i'm not saying that but i'm saying godliness comes with this i have a real thought in my mind about who god is about what he's done for me you know i i don't want to disappoint that See, I don't want to be, I was about to grab a chair, but I don't want to be sitting in a service hearing God's word that men have died for to get in my hands and someone's trying to proclaim the gospel to me or the word of God to me and I'm not paying attention at it at all. See, I don't want my God to see that. I don't want to see my God to see that after all he's done for me, I I can't even pay attention to his word. I don't want to see my God. See me throwing his word around? It's not because I'm scared that if I toss my Bible somewhere, that fire is going to rain down from heaven like Sodom and Gomorrah. No. It's because this is my God. I have reverence and respect for him. And so as we look at this, as we look at this, Godliness has an, an air of obedience. One of the principles is obedience. Another one is that it's the foundation of my love his love for me. So I obey him because he loves me. He's done so much for me because I have a reverence for him. And then lastly, for his character, I have a reverence of his character and his precepts, his commandments intended as an authoritative rule of action. To so the way he tells me to live, I have a respect for that. And so when we put all this together, godliness is means simply living in obedience to God's word because he loves me and I respect him and his character, who he is and the things he puts into my life. Now, where does this fit in our whole study all right you guys just told me i'm adding to my saving faith virtue my purpose all right i've got a purpose to live my purpose is to bring honor and glory to jesus christ we talk about this a lot and i don't want to store overdo it but i'm finding my purpose of jesus christ so then i add to that knowledge as i get to know jesus christ and know who he is through his word all of a sudden now I'm really starting to establish my purpose now as I get to know him. And then as I get to know him, I start to self-control temperance. I start to put my body in subjection. Hey, I'm not going to do these things because I know what Jesus Christ says or what the Word of God says. And so then I start to go through from temperance to patience where things that I can't fix, things that come at me from every direction, I know how I can respond to those things in a godly way. And now it comes to my whole focus is a God focus. See, this is what changes good kids to godly, okay? This is key in our whole study, and I, this is why I wanted to spend two weeks, because I'm going to tell you next week about how we're going to how we're gonna get there, because I want us all to get there. God expects us to be godly, but now I move to a God focus. Everything in my life is focused on God. How is this going to help me? When we read through the Jim Elliott book, For those who were going to Honduras, he was talking about how Jim Elliott talked about how he wrestled. And the only reason he wrestled was so that he could have a healthy body to present to the Lord. He put his sports as saying, I play sports not for my own glory so everybody thinks that Jim Elliott is the man, even though Jim Elliott was a good wrestler. He said, I do it so that I can keep my body in good shape so I can serve the Lord with it one day. See, he has a God focus. It all of a sudden takes it to, I live for myself, I do whatever I want to, I kind of just figure out that one day when I get to college, then I'll start living to God, and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. and do. No, it's a whole God focus of my life. I'm putting everything through the filter of, hey, I love, I mean, God loves me, so I'm going to obey him, and I'm going to be reverent to him. So if God ask me not to do that, God says, hey, I ought not do that. I'm going to say because I respect him and love him, I'm not going to do it. And so tonight, I'm going to tell you what this looks like in our lives. And the end result, the next week we'll do it. Quickly. What godliness looks like. The demonstration of godliness. 2 Peter 2, 4-9. through for if God, I'm going to go ahead and start reading. It, it says, "For if God spare not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them to chains of darkness to reserve unto judgment; and spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly; and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, and making them an example on those that should, those that after should live. Keyword here, ungodly. So this is what God's going to do to people that live ungodly, and deliver just lot, just righteous lot." Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh, and the lust of uncleanness, and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, if they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Now, I wish I could go in and go word for word through this passage, but I can't. So, write these things down. Give me four minutes, five minutes, and then I'm going to put them down. Number one, Noah and Lot. Two guys mentioned this passage that have examples of godliness. Wicked society. They both had a wicked society. So I want you to see all the things they had in in common. They both had a wicked society. Number two, we know both Noah and Lot to be servants of God. I have the verses there on each. You may have to look them up later. Number three, they were both told to prepare for judgment. Number four, their result. One, Noah had eternal perspective. Lot had a temporary perspective. Let me explain what this chart means. And if Lord willing, if you have time to look those things up, that'd be awesome. Two men that I had never seen compared together. Noah and Lot. Both of them are Christians, okay? So both of them are Christians. This is the difference between godly and good. See, right now, in our youth group, I know that we have a lot of good good kids. I, I enjoy it. Like, I have, a, I have a good time. We have a lot of, as soon as I said, you guys were good kids. Good kids. Yeah. <laughs> we have godly kids. Oh, they're too bad, guys. <laughs> no, but we have lots of good kids. I know that. But see, the difference between a good and a godly person, as you can see in the difference of Noah and Lot. Now, I'm going to try to do this quickly. I was hoping to have more time. Noah. The Bible says... The earth is wicked, exceedingly wicked, so wicked that God looks down from heaven and God has a conversation with himself and says, I will destroy man. I repented. I wished I had not even made man. The Bible says their thoughts were only wicked continually. So the world is evil. God says, I'm going to destroy it all. Destroy it all. But it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so God comes to Noah and he says, Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going to save you and your family and whoever will get an ark. I want you to build an ark. He gave Noah the exact specifications of the ark. 120 years Noah was the object of ridicule. Ah, oh, Noah, what you doing, man? Still building that boat? How's that working out for you? Oh, oh rain? Tell us about that rain one more time, Noah. Oh, oh. yeah, tell, tell me about the. Hey, kids, come listen to Mr. Noah. Tell us about rain. This is going to be interesting, children for 120 years Noah hears this but Noah's a godly man he's going for the eternal perspective he's godly he's not just good and 120 years God says Noah I want you to get in the ark and get with all the animals 7 days before rain even falls rain hasn't even fell Noah's in the ark you can probably hear people on the outside Noah what's going on in there buddy it's been three days. Haven't felt that rain stuff you're talking about, Noah. 120 years is still going. But can I tell you the day the first drop of water fell? What's going on, guys? No, nah, no, nah, this can't be what Noah's talking about. This can't be. I'm sure these people get showed up early. Noah, no, can you just open the door to your boat? Like, I know I messed around with you, man, but, like, really, I, I just like to come in and just, I mean, just in case, this is what you said it was. The earth starts to flood with water. People are trying to get on top of stuff to float. Noah, man, Noah, let us in. Well, we understand you were serious. Noah, let us in. Noah makes the long play. He lives godly. Hey, because of my respect and reverence for God, I'm going to obey him. Even if it meant, I look really stupid. For 120 years, I look really stupid. Imagine being Noah's sons, going to school. I don't think they had school, but if they did. Walking to school. Hey, Ham. It's bad enough you got a weird name. And now, And now, your dad, he's, he's trying to build a boat. And what's going on in the backyard, buddy? Shem. Shem. Jabez. at least you have a better name, <laughs> Jabez. and you go through, imagine being their boys, coming home, hey guys, you want to go play ball? No, we're going to go home and work on the ark. Oh, you got to work on the ark again, huh? Uh, I'm sure that gets fun there, Ham. <laughs> 120 years later. Now imagine, it's bad enough for 30 days, it was 30 days. 60 days, 90 days, 120 years. You're 120 years old now. And your high school kids and friends are still making fun of you about the boat you're building behind your house. 120 years. He goes to the long place. Let's go reverse that with a lot. A lot. Abraham. They both have a lot. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so Abraham, a lot. Are both staying there? Abraham says, Hey, Lot, whatever direction you take, I'll take the opposite. The Bible says, Lot gets up, looks at the well watered plains of Sodom. I think that's where I need to go. Man, my cattle be great over there. Yeah, I know Sodom's over there, but Abraham, going over that direction, man. That's awesome. Lot moves his family towards Sodom. Okay? Lot is going for the right now. Both are saved individuals. Lot moves into Sodom. God sends men, and he goes to talk to Abraham. He says, I'm going to tell Abraham what I'm going to do. i got to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because it's so wicked. And so men come to Abraham, and Abraham talks with God. God, if there's 50 people in Sodom, would you not destroy it? If there's 40, if there's 30, if there's just 10 righteous people in Sodom, would you not destroy Sodom? And he's been like, we've got to go destroy Sodom. Sodom's wicked. And so they go to Sodom. Find lots sitting at the gate, right in there. Lots on the short term play. Hey, whatever's right now. Hey, this field looks good. Let's go that way. Oh man, that's gonna be awesome for our family to be here and and Sodom, I mean look think of the opportunities for the children. Man, this is great. We'll just move in. The Bible says it vexes soul. So Lot is vexed daily by the things he sees in Sodom. Now we know that Sodom is known for sodomy, okay? So there's probably homosexual activity. So what we would look at today that like two guys sitting on a bench making out or something and we would think like that oh man, that's that's pretty hardcore. That that's that's sinful. This is probably what Lot walked on and saw all the time. The Bible says it vexed his soul, but it never changed his actions. He never said, hey, we need to get out of here. We need to go a different way. Never, never changed anything because he was a good guy. He didn't do it. I don't get involved in that kind of stuff. But the Bible says he never speaks against it, never does it. In fact, his children don't even know Lot's against it. So now these men come into the, the city. Lot says, hey, guys, come and... Come and spend the night with me. You can't stay on the streets here in Sodom. You don't want to know what happens in Sodom at nighttime. time. I say, no, no, we're going to stay here. We're going to stay here. No, guys, no, seriously. Come with me tonight to my house. You really need to come to my house. Bring them into his house. The men of Sodom outside. Hey, Lot, we saw some men outside. Why don't you send them out so we can get to know those guys, Lot? Lot, let us in. Come on, Lot. Lot, come on. Let us in, man. Lot comes to the door. Hey, guys. Would you stop? Do not so wickedly, man. These people are just trying to visit. Shut the door. Lot, right, come on, man. We know we got some guys in there. Want we'll to send them out with Lot? Guys, leave, please, leave these men alone. Lot even goes to the point and says, "I've got two daughters that have never even known. them I'll send them out to you. Just do what you want to those girls. Just don't touch these men. Oh my goodness." He's not a bad guy. The Bible says he's a just man, righteous Lot, whose soul is vexed every day by what he sees. And he's so desensitized to what's going on around him that he was willing to give his daughter up, two daughters up, for the, instead of taking the men. Men say, hey, Lot, you need to get your family. Tomorrow, this place is going down. God is going to destroy Sodom and get more. Get out of here, Lot. The Bible says, a lot. Remember, he's a saved man in a wicked community, just like Noah. He goes to tell his, his kids, hey guys, some angels just came and they told me to tell us to get out of here. God is going to destroy the place with fire. We got to get out of here. Bible says his sons and in-laws looked at him and laughed and mocked as if he was drunk. No, guys, I'm serious. Get out. We got to get out of here. Tag, get out. Man, dad, stop joking. Get out of the house, man. No, I'm serious. God is going to destroy this place. Guys, you've got to leave dad go home please just go home and leave us alone what is the world what's wrong with your dad and the bible says that lot a man who was a christian a man who knew god whose soul was vexed, who was not godly but he was a good guy noah's in the boat seven days before the first raindrop falls the Bible says God is about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah that day and the men have to literally grab Lot and pull him from Sodom we know that his wife turns around and looks, they say don't look around don't look back, just go Lot's wife, still trying to hold on to the things behind her turns into a pillar of salt Lot makes it with just his two daughters out, now look two saved guys, two guys that lived in a wicked society Two guys that both had their lives spared. Which ending you want of the story? See, they're both Christians. Both of them will be in heaven with us. Well, I can't be in heaven. No, the Bible says he was a just man, he was righteous. See, one went for the long play. I care for God, it's God and it's in this eternity. The other said, Hey, I want to live right now. <laughs> that looks good. Let's go that way. Hey, let's go do this. Hey, I like it here in Sodom. <laughs> Vexing my heart. I don't like all. You know, Sodom's a really bad place, children, but you know, just try not to. His, daughter, his daughter's married guys from Sodom and Gomorrah. He's so entrenched that the men have to pull him out. This is what godliness looks like. The guy who's willing to make the long play. The girl who's willing to make the long play to say, you know what? I will right now love God and reverence God no matter what it makes me look like, no matter what happens because I love God and I have respect for him. And when that gets to the end of his life, when everything goes wrong, hey, Noah, let us in, man. I see what you're talking about now. Let us in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let us in, Noah. And Or you can end up like a lot. When God comes... He's going to have to pull you out of this world because you're so tied in to everything that it is here, so um, bought into what's temporary. And this is what God is. So next week we're going to talk about how to develop godliness because it is up here. God expects us to live this way, and he's going to tell us how in his word how to develop it. So we defined it and we'll see what it looks like. It's displayed. So next week we'll try and um, look at how, to, how do we develop in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the time we've had together. God, I pray that you would help me in my life and also these young people, Lord, to Lord go for the eternal, Lord, and not just go for what's temporary. God, help us right now in our lives to see, God, that there's so much more than just the desires that we have or the things that we desire to pursue that are against you. I pray that we would not be like Lot, but, Lord, we'd be like Noah and see these things. Lord, help us next week, Lord, as we jump in more and develop Godness in our lives. Lord, help us, Lord, in this area because, Lord, just like I said, I'm good. Lord, we have good kids but god i pray that we would all strive for godness we need your help thank you for all that you do in our lives in jesus name amen